Thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life. Our prayer is that when you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. We want to make sure you know all about our new online campus. Visit thelifeonline.cc to find our brand new platform where you can find short messages on topics like prophecy, forgiveness, healing, and so much more. Each month, we release multiple new series for you to be able to grow in the knowledge of God and the Bible. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Amen. It's good to be at Word of Life, is it not? I love to be here. I am so excited. Now, as we've talked about, uh, there's something that uh, I always, don't question, but it always comes into my mind, is does God still do miracles today? Like, why why do we invite people to church, and why do we invite them to know Christ? Is it just so that they can be a better person, and that's it? Or, or, Or is it deeper than that? Well, ask, ask your neighbor, is it deeper? Uh, I, I think it's, I think it is. I think it's a little bit more deeper or it has more depth than just, you know, get your act straight, get your act right. Instead of, you know, sleeping in on a Sunday, just go to church. At least you won't do stupid stuff at church, right? Or like, I mean, and it's a blessing to do that. And if you need it, we've got like three services you can come to, right? Uh, and, and it'll help you out. But as I I think of everything that God has done through Word of Life. And if you just hear the testimonies of, of, of people coming in and paying it off or of, of missionaries receiving hundreds of thousands. We just blessed a missionary in India with like the second floor of their school and other like 200,000 that went there. And I mean, just miracle after miracle. And then, and then let's go a little bit personal. You go to a healing school and then you hear that every Sunday there's people that are like walking out of wheelchairs and then there's people that are coming out of uh, of sicknesses that have been in their bodies for years and you're like this is real so when I invite someone to church and I want them to know Christ I'm reminded of Paul where he said in first Corinthians chapter 2 and I have this here, it says 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, verse 1 to 5, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. I believe that we all have a purpose and that we all have a call. If you are here, you have a purpose, you have a call, you were created for a reason, right? And God is the creator. And every time God creates something, it puts value into that something. I remember when I, I was dating Carolina, my wife, and I'm so happy that she is here. We, we just had a baby like a month ago. And so that's another miracle for another day, but we're super excited. Um, baby Amanda's in the back with Miss Ruth, and I've never been so far away from Amanda until now, so I'm a little nervous. Um, but it's, I'm, a, I'm a new dad, so you, you might understand. Maybe you don't. But the, the whole point is, I, when I was dating Carolina, I remember uh, she liked art and stuff like that. And I didn't like art, but I liked her. And so, you know... Right? And so you all of a sudden like become an art connoisseur. <laughs> like, oh, you love art? I do too. Picasso, my man. Right? Like, yes. And so there, there was this, there was this like art 
exposition thing of Andy Warhol, was it? And so I have no idea who Andy is, but I'm like, it's art, it's fancy, it's kind of expensive. And I was like, date night right there. So I, I, I tell Carolina, like, you want to go? And she's like, all right, yeah, I love art. I'm like, yeah, me too, homie, Andy, my, my man. So we're, we're walking in and I'm looking and there's this whole like concept that they're trying to portray of, and it's like an attack on society. I don't know. I just see like a bunch of like art being splattered everywhere. And, and then we come to this moment that literally it's one of the works of art that has changed my life. And the reason why it changed my life, there, there was two, two different things that I, I had seen. But one was this blue French baguette, like French bread. So imagine French bread. Now imagine it blue, work of art. Like that, that's what it was. Like it was right there. There was a light. And I stare at this thing. And I'm like, that's just bread, but it's blue. Like there is no, I mean, what was the thought process behind? And then I start getting a little bit angry because I, I noticed that the price behind this French baguette was like in the millions. So I'm like, I mean, I could go right now to the Kroger, right? Get me some blue paint and become a millionaire, apparently, you know. And, and, and Carolina was like telling me, no, see, it, it's not just about the work of art. It, it, it's about who made it. And, and who made it makes it expensive. It, it's not, it's like no one wants to buy John Romick's blue bread. <laughs> now, if Andy, Andy Warhol, he, he grabs this blue bread and dips it, he grabs his bread, dips it in blue blue paint now it becomes millions not because of the bread not because of the paint but because of the painter so when you're created see it, it, it's not it's not about how you come or who, who you're with or you know how you look or how you speak or where you were born that gives you value what gives you value is that you're his workmanship created unto good works now, now this, is, this is cool for us, but imagine how many people are living a life where they feel they have no value, and yet they are, if you will, God's blue baguette. They're out there. That's why we want them to come. We want, and, and so we are called with, with a purpose. And one of our main purposes is to prepare the way for people to know Christ. The first person and probably the, the one that did it the best in the Bible was John the Baptist. He literally it was portrayed from even pr prophetically. There was prophets that claimed that what he would do and he would be the voice in the wilderness, you know, calling out, preparing a way for the Lord, making paths straight so that people could come to know Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but society feels very dry today. They're very dry. It's like we are in a wilderness. It's like we're being placed in the middle of society in the, in the most historic moment of our history to be a voice. That people might know, hey, no, no, there still is healing today. No, 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 God, God still does miracles today. No, no, you are still valuable today. No, no, it doesn't matter if you are a French bread. You're God's French bread. I mean, there's a difference between who you think you are and who God says you are. Come to Word of Life because God is saying big things about you that you might not know yet. But that's why we got community. That's why we got church. See, we don't have church just because it gives us something to do on Sundays. Listen, I'm creative. I can, I can figure out what to do on a Sunday. 
It's not about coming to church to figure out what to do. It's about getting to know him and the power of his resurrection. It's about getting to live a life where it's real. And so John the Baptist, he started paving the way. He was actually his father. Luke chapter 1, verse 76 to 79 says, And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. Come on, there is something to be said about parents that speak over their children. This is the dad speaking over John. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace. So this is what was placed prophetically over John the Baptist. You are going to pave the way. That people might know him, that they might know that there is forgiveness of sins. That they are already forgiven. That all they have to do is accept forgiveness. But it's already been paid for. As we were singing today, I was reminded, and Becca was, was actually just proclaiming it as well, that in God, you know, there is no past and the future is bright. Always. It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters who you're going towards. If you, as long as you're going towards Christ, trust me, like he, he, he can make it. He can turn it around for your good. He, he turned around the captivity of Zion and then they were like those that dreamed, right? And then their mouths were filled with laughter, says the word of God. That no matter where you're going, when you meet Christ, Christ can turn it around and then you can fill your mouth with laughter to where it used to be a moment of sadness and now it's a moment of rejoicing because you met him that the moment you met Christ is the moment your life changed forever which is why we give him glory and why we give him thanks so now now we know that we have a call now we know that we have a purpose now we know that we are valued there are certain things and I want to start my conclusion of this mentioning a few things John the Baptist said the first thing I want to highlight of what he said is found in John chapter 3. Actually, something really cool that all his points are on the chapter 3 of one of the Gospels. So John chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3. I just thought that was cool. I, I don't know why I just said that. John chapter 3, verse 30 says, He must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. In other words, he says, He must increase, but I must decrease. Think a, a, a powerful thought and a powerful habit for each and every one of us today is that if we want Christ to be known, there must be more of him in our life than of ourselves. Uh, Benjamin Franklin is known for saying a person wrapped up in himself makes a very small package or makes a very small bundle. And I believe, and pastor's been speaking about this all the time now recently, about how, how we need to be filled with him and we have to empty ourselves. And there has to be an emptying, but then there also has to be a filling where you are more filled with him than the things of life. 
where you are more filled with, with the God of life than the things of life, where, where, where you are more filled with his word than you are with the news, that, that you are more filled with God has said about you than what they're saying about you in social media, that, that his voice is real in your life because you've actually put in the time. And, and that's what John the Baptist was about. He's like, actually, guys, you know, I, I want to prepare the way for him, so I'm going to decrease so that he may increase. It, 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 the, the word of God says that he lifts those that are uh, humble, right? He rebukes those that are proud. That there is an elevation that comes through humbling. So I'm not a hunter at all. To be honest, I have never gone hunting in my life. It freaks me out. It really does. Because I never grew up with guns or stuff like that. So like, I, in my mind, the first time I go hunting is probably the last time I go hunting because shots will be fired and I'm scared it won't be fired towards the deer, right? Like it's just, that's just me. But I, I remember a, a pastor friend loves hunting. He, he does like the whole excursion and like weeks of hunting. And, you know, they track these deers and these things. And like they've been watching it for, for months and years. And you guys know probably the terms for it. I don't even know what that is. But there's like terms and there's apps for it. And they're like following this like $10,000 deer around. So he's telling me this. And, and he t he's telling me that he, he's there and he... He sees the deer, right? He, he sees the deer and it's got, I don't know how many points and it's just like humongous deer. He's about to pop it, right? He, he, he's right there and he, like he's been following it for months. Like you can just tell this is his moment. And he says, and then, the, then he does something. He, he hides and bends real quick under the brush. And he says, and the ones that lift up their head are the young ones. And then he's like, and as he was sitting there, he's like, you know, if you learn how to bow your head quickly, you will live longer. And so I don't know hunting, but I know the voice of God when he's speaking to me. And I'm like, God took something that is completely out of my wheelhouse to teach me something about being humble. And I believe that in our life today, following our, the call of God requires being humble, requires decrease of ourselves so that he might increase. Another thing that, uh, <clears throat> oh, actually, uh, I remember uh, as I was uh, writing this last night that uh, I got the opportunity during the pandemic. I don't know if it's called an opportunity or not, but I had to find a job. So I started working at this Amazon warehouse and it, it, it's fine. But there, there was like this opportunity that opened up for uh, kind of like moving up uh, and there was a little bit better pay and everything. So I was working as hard as I can to get that because I wanted to get out of the whole pallet situation, pulling pallets, boxes, all of it. So I'm working hard. The boss sees me I, out of 5,000 employees. I'm number one for like three weeks straight. Like I, I'm like, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Like I'm claiming it, right? Like I'm like putting oil over it. Like <laughs> the whole thing, like whatever it takes. But I'm moving out. Now, what, what happened was I didn't get that job. It, it, some friend of our boss got it as things happened that way. So I started to get a little mad. I'm like, so I, I took it to God. How, how many of you have, like, taken it to God before, right? You're like, whoa, I did everything. This didn't work. Come here, right? Like, uh-uh, I thought this was going to be easier, God. So, like, we're talking. I'm like, look at me. And, like, 
So we're talking, and I just feel, I feel God answer back is like, what did I call you to? And I'm like, I don't know, to be the head and not the tail, right? Like, <laughs> to be above and not beneath. Like, hey, I mean, I can sword fight all day. And he's like, no, 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 what did I call you to? And so I go back to work, and I meet Maria. And it's one of the one of the stories that has changed my life forever. Is I, I I'm working at the boxes. And I'm supposed to train this new girl that comes in, and she comes in with the brace. So I'm like, hey, Maria, like, what happened to your leg? And so she's like, she's very quiet. Doesn't really want to talk to me. As you can tell, I'm not scared to talk. So I'm like, so what happened? <laughs> like, like we're here for 12 hours. I need to know. And so she, she opens up to me after a few hours and, and she tells me, and I, don't, I don't mean to tell this story. If she is watching, like, with the utmost respect, I, I don't mean to, like, just open up the whole story. But uh, long story short, her husband got drunk, beat her to the point where she, like, lost consciousness, destroyed her knee with something uh, she woke up weeks later. When she woke up from the coma, the husband was already in jail. So she had no idea. She's got a couple of kids. She had to go find a job. She recently had surgery, and she is now there. What did God call me to? So, like, here I am fighting because I want, you know, I want that position and stuff like that. And, and I feel that moment, what did I call you to? So I'm like, Maria, and I'm like, we've got eight more hours. Let me tell you now about Jesus. And I come back, uh, I come back, and I'm like crying, and I'm like, oh, you, you have no idea. I tell Carolina, you have no idea, and I tell the story and everything. And, and there was a moment of prayer, and she cried. She brought me tortillas and tacos the next day, so you know it was, you know it was good. And, and I, I remember that day because I, I remember that there has to be less of me for there to be more of him. And life can't just be all about me when life literally is all about him through me. Next point, Luke chapter 3. We're gonna, there's a whole context to it, but John the Baptist is famous for saying the following. Luke chapter 3, verse 7, when the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, you brood of snakes, <laughs> who warned you to flee the coming wrath? And, so, and then he goes on attacking people that put up this religious front, but they really don't do anything about it. They're all religious until it comes to actually helping, and then they don't help. There, there is, he's talking to the people that say, I'll pray for you, and then they really never pray, right? They, 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 he's talking to the people that say, oh, yeah, hopefully God helps you, and God is tugging at their hearts. Like, yeah, you can help him. It's like, oh, yeah, God, you, you, you go ahead. And God's summoning back to you, and it's like, okay, yeah, so bring out your wallet. Let's do it. And, and you're like, no, no, God, bring out your wallet, right? Your riches and glory, not mine. And, and so the... He goes on and, and does this whole speech to them. And so the crowd asks in verse 10, Luke chapter 3, verse 10, the crowd asks, what should we do? And John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. It's like, it's, it's not hard. It's like even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, now what should we do? Like the, the you know the upper echelon of society just came and is like all right you know they're they're handing out shirts but what should we do? And he's like hey collect no more taxes than the government requires. 
Then soldiers come and like, what should we do? Don't extort money or make false accusations. Be content with your pay. Whoa. That doesn't sound very scriptural, except that it's in scripture, right? And you read that and, and you're like, what is John the Baptist trying to say? In the words of one of my good friends, Zach Kenoy, do better. It, it's, it's what Zach always tells us when we're like in a staff meeting or, or stuff. And he's like, when we can talk about all these things that we could do or just, and he'll say, just do better, John. Just do better. Like what you're doing, do it better. Like, it, 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 and it doesn't sound profound unless, until you let it like seep a little bit. And they're like, what I'm trying to do, I could do better. No, I, I'm trying to get to prayer. Well, actually next time, do better and get to prayer. Don't just try. You know, I'm trying to walk in love. Well, actually, you know, the, the word of God lives inside of you. God lives inside of you. He is love. You don't have to try to walk in love. You can actually do better and love. And I like it because he's blunt about it. He's like, I mean, I could tell you a hundred steps on how to walk in love and how to love the unlovable and how to do these things or just do better. No, just if you got, you got two shirts, you, you're wearing one, so you got another one, just be generous, be loving. You know, it, it's not hard. Everyone say it with me, do better. Yeah. We're talking about paving the way, right? But the, the, the problem is, is that the, the, the pavement or the, the way is paved with our actions. It's paved with who we are. Sometimes people will get to church because of what you do more than what you say. So John the Baptist knew about it. So he's like, I must decrease, he must increase, and we all must do better. Matthew chapter 3, I'll finish with this. Third thing that John the Baptist would do, he says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. That's Jesus. So much greater than I am, not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and with fire. I believe that even in, in, in today's day and age, we need a competitive advantage as a church. And it can't be, we, we sometimes seem to compete with the world at the world's level. Like their level of entertainment, their level of, of speaking, their level, and we should be just as excellent as anything that you'll find in the world. But our competitive advantage is that we are not mere human beings. The Holy Spirit lives in each and every one of us. The same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in you and gives life to your mortal body. Like that, that's what Jesus said, I am leaving, but I am going to the Father and I am asking him to send you the comforter, to send you the Holy Spirit. He will be your helper. He will be your counselor. He will be your standby. He will be everything you need in life. So we need to be yielded to the Spirit a whole lot more. And I'm not saying yielded to the Spirit. When I talk about the Holy Spirit, people are like, oh, here he goes, because he's Pentecostal John, right? Like, here he comes. And he's coming at us again with the tongues and the stuff. I'm not even saying that. Paul said that when he came to people, it wasn't with persuasive words. It was with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So there is a moment in your life where you're just going to have to face it and be like, Holy Spirit, come with your power and let's just change this forever. 
But then there's also a demonstration of the Spirit. What is the demonstration of the, why would he say demonstration of the Spirit and of power? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So sometimes we, we need the power, but sometimes we just need the demonstration of who the Spirit is in each and every one of us. That we love without any limits. That we are patient above everyone else. That we are kind. That we have gentle. That we have long-suffering. That we have self-control because the Holy Spirit lives in each and every one of us. And I'm telling you, when people get to see that it's not just you, but they see the Creator. They stop seeing a blue French baguette. They stop seeing a blue French bread. And then they start seeing the creator in everything that you're doing. They start seeing the Holy Spirit in your life. They start seeing a blessing that only God can create. They start seeing a, a, a supernatural health that only God can sustain. Let me finish with this. Because every, when I talk about this, everyone's like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking from your perspective, from your life. So let me bring a little bit of perspective of two people that to me are some of the, the, the biggest heroes of my life. Uh, their names are Dave, David and Maglis. I, I've met them in Valencia, Venezuela. We were doing a mission trip there. And, and to give you a perspective on, or a background on their life, the minimum wage in Venezuela right now is probably like a dollar a month. And, and, and so... I mean, imagine John the Baptist telling them, like, hey, just feed the poor stuff. And they're like, no, but we are the poor, right? Like, it'd be different being a Christian there. Like, you're part of the need. I go meet David and Maglis, and we actually have a picture of them. If you just want to leave that picture, David and Maglis, they, uh, they have this, like, yellow bucket. And, and they go into this jail. And, and what they make in their month, allows them to put 50 soups into this bucket. 50 soups, and then they take it to jail, and there's a whole story. Ask one of your youth that was at Momentum last week uh, what happens at that jail, because it's a whole other story of, like, people getting shot because you have to pay rent in jail to be in jail. If not, you get shot. Like, it, it's a whole thing. It's, it's intense. So they come, and she learned through YouTube how to, like, sew up people's legs. And he comes, and he cuts hair throughout the week. And then every Monday night, they go to this jail. And they, and they have permission from, like, the guy, the head of the jail, who's also in jail, uh, to, to start a prayer group. <clears throat> this gets weird. And the crazy thing is, is that the guy, the head of the, guy, uh, the, the jail, tells them, just make sure that if you bring food, you bring food for everyone. So like, okay, so they, they take, this is happening every Monday night. They take this yellow bucket, 50 soups. That's all they can get. That's all they can fill. And they go, and there's 200 people that come to their prayer group. So they start to take soup out. And, and you know, first 40 people, fine. But then they come to a point where you start, like, to scrape a little bit at the bottom, right? So they have this thing that they say every Monday. I have this thing that to me just shocked me because when I saw it, I, I couldn't believe it. This is so, I mean, this is so God. It, they say, just don't look at the bottom. God is faithful. Just don't look at the bottom, right? Sometimes I say that at the end of the month, right? When it's like, there's no more money. You know, you know what that is? It's like, no, just don't look at the bottom, right? Like, payday is coming. Don't look at the bottom. But I say the same thing. That they're, they're there. Just don't look at the bottom. 
And, and, and the crazy thing is, is not that there is a multiplication of soups in Venezuela. The crazy thing is, is that people are getting saved because they decided I must decrease so that he may increase. There wasn't even a lot to decrease from. It, it, like in the, with all due respect, it's just crazy. Yet they decided. They decided, oh, we can do better. We can do better. And the third thing is, because I asked them, how do you do it? It's like, we don't. The Holy Spirit does it. It's like every time. We just, we just allow him to lead us. See, Jesus prayed over his disciples and he, and he asked the Father. And he said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you. And he will lead you into all the truth. The word of God says that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. So I want to challenge you today. As we started this message today, we, 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 we started saying, hey, it's a blessing to be at Word of Life. Because if all else fails, come to Word of Life just to be reminded about how good God is. And it's not just because God is good with Pastor Joel or with staff. No, 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 no. It's the same God for everyone. He makes no like, ex- exception for people at all. But I believe this month is the perfect month to take this and to run with it. To be that voice in the wilderness. To be, that vo- to be that voice in the wilderness. To show people that God is real. That God is good. That God is alive. That God does heal. That God does prosper. That, that God does complete his word. Even today he's still doing it. I believe even right now as you're listening online. As you're listening here. Wherever you might be. If you're watching this on Fox. I believe God can still heal you today. I don't say it to be sensationalist. I say it because that's what the word of God says. I say it because God told us to say it. Because he paid for it on the cross. There is healing today. There is blessing today. Why? Because God is here today. And the same God that built this building, the same God that has healed before, is the same God that lives inside of you. And if you would only yield to the Holy Spirit today, I want to challenge you. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Be led. Ask him. Sometimes it's scary to ask him what he wants to do because he's far more generous than I am. Right? He's far more kind than I am. But I know that he will guide me and lead me into all the truth and the truth will set us free. Let me finish with this. Matthew eleven eleven. 11. It's Jesus talking about John the Baptist. He says, I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. You may say, what? John is bigger than Elisha, bigger than Moses, bigger than Noah, bigger than David, bigger than Elijah, Elisha, like all of them. And then it says, yet even the least person, talking about us now, yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. In other words, John the Baptist could do it with what he had and everything. Imagine how much more can be accomplished through your life. Because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So let me challenge you one more time. We must decrease so that he may increase. We commit this morning to do better. How many commit to do better? It's simple. I commit to do better today. And now I commit and I ask God. And Father, I ask you this morning 
that your word be real to us. I ask you this morning, Father, that your voice might be heard in our ears, Father, that we might be sensitive to your voice, that we might be sensitive to your leading, Father, that wherever you might lead us, Father, that we commit to follow. Father, place in our hearts those that you want us to invite. And guide us and show us how, Father. Whether it's with the demonstration of your power. Whether it's with the demonstration of your spirit. Whether it's the demonstration of generosity. Whatever that may be, Father, just lead us. And we thank you, Father, in advance. Because we declare that we will see those people here at church. We prophesy our praise this morning. And we prophesy that we will see our family saved. We will see our community saved. We will see our parents saved. We will see our family members saved. We will see our neighbors saved. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. Your Holy Spirit guides us. Your Holy Spirit shows us. And it's going to happen. Come on, say that with me. It's going to happen. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. It's going to happen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.